When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey there, listener. Do you have something to say? Then you're already a podcaster. You just don't know it yet. Whether you love to shoot the breeze with friends, have an urge to share your passions with the world, or even want to grow your business, you've got something worth saying with a podcast. With Acast, it couldn't be easier to start your own show. Launch, grow, and make money from your podcast across all listening platforms. If you have something to say, you're a podcaster. Head over to ACAST.com to get started for free. American Corn Farmers, a proud and chosen profession inspired through generations. Tested, resilient, and committed to giving back as much as they're growing, pushing the boundaries of what's possible with every bushel, while replenishing every increasingly precious resource, like the reduction of soil loss by 40% with every acre grown. In a world where sustainability matters more than ever, we need all the help we can get. And there's no greater resource than the capable hands of American corn farmers. Mirror man, mirror man, you twist and turn my mind until I don't know who I am. Mirror man. Good morning and welcome to a new edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. We are back. Uh, we're just going to call this the Transfer Roundup because I've found a fellow transfer addict and we can just uh, we, we can just bask in, in the glory of all the rumours. Uh, so it's June 7th, Transfer Window opens up on June 9th and I am joined with Johnny. Johnny, how are you doing this week? Yeah, pretty good. Um yeah, kind of starting to take in some of the transfer gossip and hype and, you know, try and uh, plot my own views and opinions accordingly based off of what we're hearing. But again, you have to try and do that with the pinch of salt that we uh, <laughs> that we know to um, deal with Arsenal transfer rumours with at this stage anyway. Um, but in general, listen, I'm not being funny, but you can see me on my Skype right now. We're in the UK. It's actually nine o'clock. We're giving people a peek behind the curtain, behind the Arsenal Opinion podcast. We're recording it at ten past nine on a Monday. And it's like, Pete, you can actually see me for once. It's mad. Yeah. It's mad. I can't believe how late. It doesn't stay light that that long in New York, let me tell you. 
No, no, um, that's probably the fog and the pollution. But me is, yeah. out in Essex, oh yeah, there's a, we we just live in nature. We do. Uh, a little bird came up to me and I fed it out of my hand this morning. That didn't happen, but you know it could do. It could. It could have in Essex. <laughs> it could no, have. It could happen in New York, but it'd be like a pigeon or a pizza rat or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and different and that, type of nature. That pigeon would be just hyping its getting energy up for its fight to the death of a rat that uh, <laughs> it found on the New York subway. Yeah, so a little bit more urban and gritty where you are, no doubt. Agree. So uh, talking of gritty, I have a conversation around Arsenal transfers. It's like peak rage, man. Everybody everybody gets so angry. And just before we get into it, just for people listening, you've got to understand um, how the transfer system works with journalists. Firstly, not many people are truly connected to deals. That's a fact. Uh, a lot of a lot of rumor comes from journalists speaking to journalists. It will come from journalists picking up the heat on Twitter because they know the stories that are going to drive traffic. Um, it can come from agents uh, trying to r- raise the stock of their players. And it, Pete, it can also come from disgruntled fans who are willing to call into Sky Sports news phone-ins and say that they've seen Vincenzo Montella walking around the Arsenal grounds as well. But I'm just saying, those yeah. loyal listeners will get that reference. But that, yeah, And that and that person who did that definitely isn't me, but they could be on the <laughs> podcast. They could be on the podcast. So basically, there's a lot of dark arts that go into the world of transfer rumours. And interest, there's this interesting thing going on now where being a, a merchant of transfer spin is up there with being a rock star. Uh, and what what tends to happen is someone will get hold of a story that feels like it could be true, and then a whole lot of people who don't want to seem like they're out of it will almost corroborate the story. It becomes an echo chamber of bullshit. So a lot of people put their foot in hard on Emmy Wendaya. That might not be true, but when everybody's saying it, you don't want to seem like you were out of the running with that deal. And the same happened with uh, Arsenal, Arsenal people pushing the, we'd have to sell to buy. That wasn't true. And then people pivoted the story straight after. So I think you have to take everything with a pinch of salt. Um, you know, there's obviously that there is quite often a lot of smoke without fire. And listen, we've been doing this for 15, 20 years. We know exactly how it works. So I think that the, you have to look at what feels like a pattern with Arsenal. So I want to I wanna dive right into the, the story because you've been mired in Twitter controversy all day. Uh, but the one that feels <laughs> the most realistic is 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 Ruben Neves to replace Granit Xhaka, who it's rumoured he's off to Roma, the fee in the range of 20 to 25 million, which I don't think is bad for a player that would be 29 in September yeah. and a player that most Arsenal fans have thought shit for five years. Um, what do you think of the Ruben Diaz rumour? Um, Ruben Neves. Neves, Because if Sorry. it was Ruben Diaz, Diaz I'd be, be, I'll be all over that. I'll be yeah. all over that one. He, he looks like a bit of a player. Um, so, so, um, I, I literally have just listened to everything you've said and I, and I do completely agree with the sentiments that you've laid out there. But I, you know, when we talk specifically about the Emmy Buendia situation, I do think there was smoke and I do think there was fire from the people that I have as more trusted sources. I'm pretty sure Orney was talking about at one point that we were interested and, um, you know, uh, we, I believe had 
sub- submitted a bid that had been rejected and we were going to go... Basically, for me, I think it's quite clear that Arsenal were interested in Buendia. Everything you hear around it sounded, like, legit. And I get the fact that sometimes you've got different sources corroborating a lie. Just, you know, it's um, just a a bit of a cycle in that respect. But I do think that um, from the key sources and from hearing the right things at the right time to make it, you know, sound right. And also it just fits. It's it's not a completely out of, you know, left field uh, suggestion. Well, you know, uh, and again, the thing that's left up for debate is because now we know the facts that are that he has gone to Aston Villa and it remains to be, you know, down to personal judgment on how keen Arsenal actually were for Wendy or whether it was something that we had a, you know, a hard outline like, you know, 25, if we don't, if you don't take 25, we're not interested, that kind of thing. There were loads of, there's loads of conjecture as to why we didn't get Buendia. But the fact is, is he's gone there and I do think we're interested. So off the back of that, we now find ourselves with the Ruben Neves situation. And I think why someone like myself and the people who are like-minded Arsenal fans are a little disgruntled by this player suggestion is the fact that for me, Ruben Neves is 24 years old. He's five years, he's got five years on Granite Xhaka and has proven himself to be a good Premier League player. He is a decent player. He's not going to come in and struggle at this level, struggle to play Premier League football. We know he's not going to. But what he's not going to do also, I don't believe, and there'd be no reason to suggest otherwise, is he's not going to push the needle at Arsenal and give us something that we haven't had previously. Because for me, he is very similar in the in the Xhaka mould, in the sense that a lot of his strengths are very much similar to what Xhaka has, which is, you know, very, very good passing, decent long-range passing, um, did good over a set piece, if you need that kind of thing. Um, chips in with a few goals, perhaps a little bit more than Granite Xhaka, but, not, you know, this, this is not a guy getting 15 a year by no stretch. Um, and equally, he has a lot of the um, kind of negative and downsides to Xhaka in the sense that he is not fit enough at that athletic profile that we talked about previously. And I really want to see, particularly in midfield, I think it's one of the most key attributes that we should be looking for for central midfield, and that is legs. We need athleticism. We need to be fitter, faster, stronger. It's that simple. And getting a similar player to Granit Xhaka, who is just five years younger, which, you know, the things that I've been saying on Twitter, and I will come back to you, Pete, here, because I've rambled a bit, but people have, you know, put out their opinions and they're saying different things, and I get that. But the fact is, is one question that someone said is, yeah, but he's younger. Surely paying an extra 15 million is good, you know, good business in that. And I think the only the only way it becomes good business is if you look at it from a resale value. And I don't trust Arsenal to sell for profit because we, we seem to be terrible at getting rid of players. And the most urgent need is to get someone who can be ready to bang now and move us on to the next level. And the other aspect of it is someone else said about, look, Xhaka has been very, very um, key to the way that we've played under Arteta, the style that we're playing. And I appreciate that. But the problem, and Jekka, I think, has been one of our best players in, in recent times. He really has, even though I've not been his biggest fan over the years. But when I've previously, and people like me have said, 
I'm not necessarily sure we should be playing this style of football and we need to be set up around more athletic, technically sound footballers who can, you know, physically dominate opponents rather than, you know, have a, a Granite Xhaka style midfielder who is good technically but can get run by in midfield by lesser players. Well, when I've said we need to change that, other people said, yeah, but, you know, Arteta's working with what he has. He's working with Xhaka, who's one of the better players that we have. Well, we have an opportunity to change the kind of playing staff that we have and and change the profile of playing staff that we have. And that is, for me, why this is really deflating when I think of Ruben Neves as a potential successor to Xhaka, because I think we should be pivoting away from a Xhaka type player and we should be focusing on someone who has power, pace, strength, is good to go in the Premier League. And obviously the name Basuma is flying out there, but I absolutely want to see someone like that come in way before we look at someone who might be plugging in that Xhaka mould. But that, that I guess that is the point, isn't it? That, um, when you look at a player on an... It, it, when we're looking at Neves, we're looking at Neves like he's the only player that we're going to sign. But if you had a Neves and a Basuma, all of a sudden you're like, okay, well then there is the athlete in there that, that can that can tackle, can do some of the dirty work and also progress the ball. Yeah, the, the Ruben Neves thing is like, uh, it's it's not quite the same, but it, is, it feels like the equivalent of being like, okay, we've has gone, guys. ozil has gone. What about William? You know, like it, it feels like one of those, hold on a minute, we're spending five years, uh, we, we went from a Champions League club with Jacka to eighth, two seasons running, and we're going to replace him with a player that is almost statistically exactly the same, but with no pace. The only counterpoint, and look, I am not an expert on Ruben Neves, but I'm pretty sure two seasons ago, he was hot shit and everyone was very hyped about him. He's had a bad season last year because Wolves lost some key players that they didn't replace um, in forward positions. And the only only counterpoint that I keep on coming back to is um, Arsenal were linked to Jorginho last season and everyone said, this club's finished. All of the rest of the nonsense that goes on. Jorginho is one-paced. He's been pilloried for years. But every single manager that comes into Chelsea has him in the start in 11. And Thomas Tuchel, one of the best managers in the world, probably the best manager in the world at the moment, plays him and he's just won the Champions League. Jorginho has no pace. He's very similar, uh, you know, very similar sort of style player. Not exciting. Um, Fernand Nino, uh, Similar sort of range of passing, not a lot of pace, 34 years old. I'm trying to think, like, who who are the players? And this is a genuine question. I'm not being a smart ass here. Who are the players that play that role where they serve the ball between the lines and they set the tempo of the game that have power and pace? Like, who are those people? Because I feel like Basuma is a very different player to Neves. Uh, and a Basuma and Neves can, can coexist. Like, do you? Are there are are there players to your mind where you're like they've got everything that Jack has got, but athleticism. Yeah, Thomas Party. So that is ultimately the solution I think that we should have an, in um, short order, and that is that I think I've certainly seen enough from Party, and I know he wasn't you know consistently amazing in every game last year, but. He certainly showed enough to show that he was an, he is an absolute class talent. And technically, he's as good as anyone we have in the team. He, he's very good on the ball, very good in tight spaces, some delicious um, passes, even in the running when we weren't playing that well. I remember one 
can't remember the the specific game now, but um, where he fed one through to Aubameyang just very late on, split the defenders. Like he's got that range of passing as well. But even if you wanted to, or someone wanted to split hairs and say, I would still prefer Xhaka's range of passing and that. He's not a million miles away from what Partey could do. I, I actually think Partey's as good anyway. But then if you're adding in someone like a Basuma or insert similar player here um, alongside Partey, I think that you would allow Partey to do a little bit more um, on that distribution side of things because someone's helping out with the running. You know, it's also why I think some of the... Don't get me wrong, I thought Xhaka and... Um, Party did form a decent partnership, but I also think back to some of our best games this year. And I remember when Party first broke into the team and we went up to Old Trafford and put in an amazing performance, only one one nil, but that weren't down to uh, either Thomas Party or his starting uh, midfield partner that day, which was Al Nenny. And we saw a little bit, I believe, of a party playing in, with confidence in good form before the injuries with another player who was willing to run around, you know, and put himself about. And I think you're going to be getting a better athlete than Mo Elneny, certainly someone who's more physically imposing. Um, I think when you talk about the Chelsea comparison, first of all, you've got Jorginho in there. And yes, you know, absolute one pace merchant, incredibly good on the ball. Um, You know, probably more technically sound than what um, Ruben Neves is. And that's just my opinion. I I think Jorginho from a technical point of view, is a very good player. But what he also has is as good a defensive midfielder or, you know, box-to-box kind of running around midfielder as there is in the world in N'Golo Kante. And you see every time at Chelsea how much they struggle when Kante's not around. He is absolutely essential. But they've also married it with the young legs of Mason Mount, who's been excellent for them as well. And what I'm saying is, is, if you had a Xhaka in the team, which we have at times, you've got to plug in all the athletes around it. We can't then afford to have what we, which we have been having at times this year. Several players, again, we talked about last week, where it was it's not just Xhaka who's slow and cumbersome, but good technically on the ball. It's David Louise. And then, oh, if we've got El Nenny, there's just not enough pace there. And then we've got you know, Lacazette, who's not quick in behind. And basically, you start to have a critical mass of a lack of athletes where it starts to affect our playing potential and um, certainly affects the outcome of results because often that lack of athleticism can lead to, you know, goals against or big or not being able to take our own chances in those situations and get a coherent style of play moving forward. So I definitely think we need to increase uh, athleticism within the playing squad in in terms of our starting lineup. And therefore, I think there will be new possibilities available to us, whether Arteta chooses to use them or not. Yeah. Um, I, I Actually, there's a, there's a quite an interesting thread with uh, Phil Costa, He's like a stats guy for for one football. Always has good tweets, and um, he he basically said yesterday Neves is like a, a lesser version of Granit Xhaka. And there's a guy called Me Rage who who went back at him quite hard, and uh, he, he pulled up the scouting reports. Uh, and Ruben Neves is actually like across the board um, a better a, a better proposition than Granit Xhaka. Um, 
he's you know he, he creates more opportunities for shooting chances by uh by double creates more um more opportunity for assists he creates uh, he has more shots himself which you know they're generally not great shots and then uh he's he's tackling and defensive work he's much better at pressing with the ball makes more tackles more interceptions like he's all round a much better player and this another guy called Collins went in there and compared him to um to Basuma and last season uh Neves made far more forward passes in a far less defensive side uh, team than than Basuma did now uh, like my my thing is Arsenal fans like jump on the back of players that aren't power and pace because we've been starved of it but I wonder if if we all think that Granite Xhaka does contribute to the system that we play the most important thing is if we are going to replace him is can we bring in a player that makes less errors and I think if you had if you had a Granite Xhaka that didn't make errors w- that does move us forward a bit there's still questions of whether we move the ball fast enough with a player like that. But I, th- I think power and pace is a, is a must. I think a player like Basuma in the midfield would be phenomenal. But I wouldn't write off Ruben Neves yet, even though I don't like the deal and the fact that we're going to Neves. Like if um, if Gran- Granite Xhaka wasn't on the list to go, I don't think. He was the least of our worries, as, we, as we've been saying. I think the player pushed and said, you know, I, I want to get out of London. This is my last opportunity to do it. And I think the club let him. So the way that I'm trying to justify this Neves thing is, uh, firstly, a lot, of, a lot of those sorts of players don't have power and pace in their game. Secondly, is that if we can just sort of swap in, uh, swap in a player that can do the same things as Xhaka, who's important to our system, they don't need six months to adapt. I think that that will be beneficial to us. And... Um, as long as we add the power and pace in other areas of the squad, which if you do believe the Buendia rumours, the reason that Buendia was exciting to us is because he's an animal, right? He's Alexis Sanchez. And we don't have that in, in the squad. So if he's the only player we add to midfield, we're fucked. And I don't, I, like, I think if you made, um, I think if you made Thomas Partey do the role of Granite Xhaka, you take away from his game. I think Thomas Partey came to Arsenal to play as more of a traditional eight breaking lines, moving forward, taking chances. Thomas Partey was better last season with Jacker next to him because Jacker actually did a lot of that dirty work, even in his sort of one-pace mode. I mean, the, the performance against uh, Brighton, I think it was, where Arsenal played really well. That's because Jacker releases Thomas Partey to be Thomas Partey. So if we can replace somebody that can do that for him next season, maybe he's a, a boring, ugly signing, but maybe he's a, a, a cog that is important and that without Jacko we don't have. But the errors is the biggest thing for me. And if he can do more of the pressing and the tackling, maybe maybe it is a, a low-key upgrade. Yeah, so so there's a lot there, to be fair. Uh, first of all, you mentioned about me rage. Uh, that's Mirage, because that geezer's actually my mate. I went to uni with him. Uh, and he That's loves- embarrassing. Yeah, I'm embarrassed myself there. He loves coming out with a a, a stat pack like that. He's actually a guy called Leah, who who I've uh, suggested maybe coming on the uh, pod sometimes as well if we expand. So he um, really put Phil Costa on the back foot. He had every time he came back, he was like, "Bang! What about this? What about this? Well, that's not true. That's not correct." I was like, "Oh, you are getting stung out here." This is it, but I I, I don't actually agree with him to be honest. In the sense that I I do think that. 
like if you look at if you look at um like particular stats and whatnot, you could say, oh, Xhaka and Ruben Neves look like very different players. But in terms of certainly the eye test, I think that they provide a very similar function in what they do. And um, you know, it's, it it kind of ties into the other point that you've made about whether Thomas Partey, if he did that role, he you would lose something from his game. Well, well, I think also that he should be playing as an eight. But you've got to remember, or the way I see it, we have a certain playing style based of, off of the only good players that we have, or or we just hobble together the best sum of the parts of the players we have. It the squad doesn't feel coherent; it hasn't for a while. So, for me. It shouldn't be. Granite Xhaka was the best solution in there because he did offer a decent range of passing, and he used to get stuck in. But the problem is, is when that's your defensive midfielder, he is just not athletic enough to get around to make the big challenges that we need at times. Like when when we were getting broke on, Xhaka can't catch anyone else up. He didn't cover well in that situation, and he's easily bypassed. So for me, I don't think you need a holding midfielder who just has good range of passing. We need a holding midfielder who he's just not going to get done over because then if you had another eight with party and you had almost two eights in there in front of that holding midfielder, that would provide more balance to us. We'd have much more legs. Um, We'd have a defensive midfielder who could hold his own even when he was getting caught in his own, doesn't need that constant um, support from a marauding party or whoever that other midfielder is in there. So I think it gives us more possibilities in because at the moment we play in a way where we have to mitigate for the potential dangers that having Xhaka in the team presents. And in the same way we did that with David Luiz, for instance, when we started playing David Luiz and we started initially playing free at the back because you know, this guy's going to make a ricket. So then we have to put an extra defender in there to cover off his mistake. And then David Luiz looks wicked because actually his mistakes aren't so glaringly obvious with a bit extra cover and he can ping the ball 60 yards. Do you know what I mean? So, so I, I don't, th- I don't think it's completely fair to judge what our capabilities could be if, and this again, probably ties into a bit of what you're saying about cutting the mistakes out. But I think a lot of Xhaka's mistakes are not just mental ones. They were due to his, his lack of, physicality so you know you've got a player running past you and then he, he just dive into things because he knows he's going to get roasted otherwise and that, and that's not all that he did he had some mental definitely time. not just physicality also just being a donut yeah 100 percent. It, but it was both you know i'm thinking i'm thinking back the left back yeah, yeah, yeah you know and it, it's just it's it's if you had and we, we've seen plenty of these players before like I'm thinking about like the likes of Kyle Walker, for instance, obviously playing at right back. But he used to make mistakes. But he didn't just go in and start doing two footers on people because he knows he can run back and and catch these guys up. Whereas Granite Xhaka was playing life or death all the time because he knows once you passed him, it's all done and dusted. So I think that add, this is what I mean about how adding legs to the midfield could change the scope of what we could do, how we could set ourselves up, the way that we could set about games, I think would dramatically change. And I don't know if, you know, I don't want it to sound like I'm like Ruben Neves is shit. He's not shit. He's a decent, he's a good player. And he's certainly not going to make us shitter if he comes in. But 
let's be honest, we talked at the start of the season about the Cronkies who are on the back foot, the fans don't want them in, and they're apparently going to pledge loads of money to try and sweeten the deal with Arsenal fans and get them on our side. Well, so far, we've lost out to Aston Villa with Brendia, um, and we don't Rumoured. Rumoured. We cannot say we lost that. We cannot (laughs) say we lost that. I really don't think. Well, well, either way, he's at Villa, and I'm pretty sure some people thought uh, we're interested at Arsenal. But anyway, we, we have lost out one way or another. And then now we're going for a player who doesn't, on his own, seem to be a massive upgrade on what we have. I, I certainly um, reject the notion that he is a dramatic upgrade on Jacko. I don't think he is. Um, but he may he may prove to be beneficial, granted. But the fact is, is it's whether the resources that we do have, whether they are best spent on a player like this, who is, you know, yes, he's a plug-in and player, he's got Prem experience, but is there enough bang for your buck when you're laying down 35 million and we don't know how much we've still got to come, when in reality, you know, Neves is not, I don't want to say he's not exciting enough, but, you know, he doesn't seem to change, he doesn't seem to evolve Arsenal and he may end up being our most expensive signing this summer for but- that kind of money. But, Johnny, those players are never exciting, right? And that's just a fact. Uh, Gilberto was not exciting. And he was that type of player, right? Super intelligent. We'd, we'd never even seen a player like that in the Premier League. We didn't know what he was doing. Uh, Jorginho is not an exciting player. He's a purist player. Um, you know, maybe Pirlo, Pirlo was exciting, but he wasn't, he wasn't as deep. Um, maybe later on in his career, but th- th- those sorts of players are, are never going to to be exciting. And I, I think it, the the simple fact is Arsenal fans are absolutely baying for power and pace blood. And yeah, that's, and that's what we want to see in the side. And if let's just say that when the Buendia rumours were true, then the alternative is not Martin Odegaard, right? So if 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 Emi Brendeo was the the guy that we were going to go after and and just say that the pricing got too much and we were like 40 million pounds for a player coming up from the championship is a massive fucking risk and we're not willing to take it because we want to spend our money on centre midfield or whatever then that would say to me that maybe we are going to go out and find another player that can deliver that sort of energy and power um as well as Erdegaard. So it's like we're trying to change the character of the squad, right? We're trying to go from largely one-paced to if we are going to have certain positions that are one-paced, we've got to wrap um, energy around them. So I think the um, like the, the Buende uh, uh, signing also raised some red flags for me. It's like, well, whose position are you taking? Because you're not really a true 10. Then if you play out on the right or the left, you're interfering with players that we like. I mean, for, for me, Buendia is uh, a younger, an older version of what we hope Smith Rowe turns into, right? Sort of a relentless player that gets on the end of things, late surging runs, forcing things to happen. So that's why I was a little bit confused about why we were looking to sign him. Outside the fact that the hope, the hope that Arteta always talks about being decisive in the final third and Arsenal weren't decisive in the final third last season, and Buendia in the championship, 15 goals, 17 assists or whatever. Yeah. So I'd like, love to know, wh- like, who do you think Buendia was coming? Where do you think he was coming into play? 
at, at 35 million? Like, who do you think, what, what role do you think he was picking up? Well, I, I think that um, one of the things that you would hope we're trying to do, and I think we were trying to do, and I do think we need to add something in our kind of wing forward area. Um, and I think that whatever player we go for would have to be adaptable because one of the things that you would say, you know, one of the benefits to uh, to uh, Sackers and uh, Smith Rowe's emergence and the talents that they're showing is that they are adaptable and they can play in different positions around the front line. Um, and we do want to get some consistency, of course, but changing someone from right to left wing, like wing in game even, is an added advantage if you can have those players who can interchange. And I think that Brendia maybe was seen as a number 10, but I also wouldn't discount Emil Smith-Rowe being pushed into that role uh, moving forward because I do think he can drift out to the wings, uh, wing and he's got so much um, ability and his pace offers him so much um, in terms of being able to beat those defenders. But also, he can take the ball in tight areas. He's also a, a good finisher. We've seen him, we've seen him, you know, in good situations, in and around the box, breaking the line, setting other people up. And if Arteta thinks that Smith Rowe might be able to make the step up, I'm sure he could be thinking, well, Wendy, you can go on the right and or move into that number 10 role. They can interchange. So that was not the issue for me. My issue is more um, because, you know, it's important to reiterate what you said at the start. We don't know the facts out of all of uh, the transfer rumours. But what I hope to see, because I don't, I, I, I'm not wedded to the idea of getting Brendia in, but what I hope to see was Arsenal, after the year that we've had, to be very assertive in terms of, identifying the targets they want and no more fucking around. When we get, when we go after it, if you're going to tell me that Wendy is the guy, then go and get him. Just, and there can't be any, or no, that might be two million pound too much. And we've got to stop this nonsense because we are in an absolute win now mentality. We have to start turning it around. Otherwise this is no longer a bad run of form and this is more who we are now. So it is incredibly important we start um, turning the corner. And for me, again, it, it doesn't matter who the players are. If Brendia it is, whatever. You go in and you don't get done by Villa. You just can't be. You can't. Be, just can't, cannot end up in that situation where other, other teams are getting them, unless it gets to, you know, you're up against City and they're bidding hundreds of million, we could never get involved anyway. But nip and touch with Aston Villa, you would expect a club of Arsenal stature to be able to uh, win out in that situation. But from, to go from that to then the situation where, and this is why I think some of the angst from Arsenal fans, where it's coming from, then instead of, like, we've gone for Brendia, and I know that these are not mutually exclusive, going after Neves doesn't mean that we're not going to try and get a wing forward at any point. But it seems like, oh, now we're moving to that. And uh, 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 we do need an athletic midfielder, but we haven't heard anything about the pursuit. And I'm hearing negative things about it at the moment. Again, we, we'll wait and see. But there are other clubs in, interested who might be stealing a beat on us. And I just think that I'd love to see Arsenal get their business done nice and early in a ruthless manner. We all still have the you know, dark memories of, even though I didn't want him because of, of the racism, you know, the Luis, the Luis Suarez situation where you're offering 40 million and a pound, it's embarrassing. We can't be playing these small club, you know, games anymore. If you, if you believe, what we need is strong, decisive decisions on who these players are who we're going to 
help take us to the next level and return us to where we are. And when you um, identify these players, we need to be ruthless and we need to make sure that they end up as Arsenal players. And at the moment, from the outside, from what we've seen, and we are doing a bit of guesswork, it looks like there's just a lot of fuzzy thinking, if I'm honest. Well, but it it always looks like fuzzy thinking when, like, journalists who just... uh, uh, Remember, a journalist is always trying to drive you to read something or to follow something. Like, that's that's their equity. That's what gets them the next pay rise. So I don't read too much into, like... Uh, the idea that Buendaya went to Aston Villa because they had a plan for him and we didn't is fucking nonsense. Arteta is a control freak. If he's got a player in mind, he's got a dossier on how to bring him to life. So I'm not reading too much into that. And also, I would I would say the Aston Villa have got what the third the third richest owner in the Premier League. Like they 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 spend a lot of money. They've got a lot of money. They don't need to sell Jack Reddish this summer. Um, even so, if when Arsenal have a finite amount of resource. So when, when Brendaya moves up to a 40 million pound player in a busted market, someone's got to say, guys, are we, are we off our fucking tits here? Are, are, are we losing our minds? This is a shit ton of money for a premier yeah. league proven player. But when you, when you can get Hossam Awa for 25 million, a player that's dominated a champions league semi-final that's still in his early twenties, that's that's where the better money is going to be spent for me. Um, uh, Julian Brandt, German international, could probably pick him up for less than you could Buendaya. Like a chance creation machine, falling off a little bit, maybe we could pick him up. I think there are better deals to be had with more seasoned players that are actually playing for their international sides that you know, we can pick up and make better. Like the, the, the Ajax goalkeeper. What, find a player that's failed a doping test that you can get for under 10 million that, that plays with the ball at his feet like him, who's played in a Champions League final, I'm pretty sure, 25 years old. That's smart business. The smart business for me this summer, outside someone like Basuma in centre midfield, is not in the Premier League. I don't think. The only uh, Ruben, um, Ruben Neves might count as Premier League because I don't think we were expecting to lose Jacker, and that's quite an integral cog. To, to be accustomed to the league. But I think I think we can pick up bargains elsewhere. And I'm not going to lose sleep over uh, Buendia for, for that much money because I think there are I think there are better deals with saucier players that we can pick up that we can pick up elsewhere. And I, I think we're all getting upset over the first rumor that hasn't come to fruition. Transfer window doesn't open for two days and we're on we're saying this feels like a mess already. And I, I I'm I'm just not sure I'm just not sure it's going to be that bad because if anybody is decisive, if there's anything good about Edu, it's that he's pretty decisive. Like he he does get stuff done. Needed a creative midfielder in January, got it done. Get rid of a whole bunch of like uh, annoying players that Arsenal haven't been able to get rid of for years, get it done, like cancel their contracts, move them out of the club. Like he does progress things through. They're not always the things that you want to be progressed through, but I don't, I don't think he's slow off the mark. Um, and I think that we're maybe thinking a little bit too much to the Luis Suarez years. Because yeah. Edu, Edu did a Luis Suarez and got the player. Thomas Party last <laughs> summer, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I agree with that. Uh, um, let, let me be clear, though. I'm not um, crying over not getting Emi Brendia. That I don't, I don't necessarily... I'm not necessarily convinced that he was the player that we need. I'm not, you know, unconvinced. Um, it's more you know, a sign to how we look to be doing business. And that, I think, is easier because, yeah, there, there may be different reasons why it didn't work out. But 
And I do appreciate you saying that Edu usually gets things done. But on this one, it just appears like we were, you know, this is the kind of thing that we've seen at Arsenal for a very long time. We come in for a player. um, We're not decisive enough. How many times? I'm thinking back to the days of... um, uh, what's his name? Higuain, not willing to pay that little bit extra, ends up moving yeah. um, for £2 million more. And then three years later, as a 29-year-old, goes for about £40 million more than that. It's just it's just a lack of decisiveness and it leads to um, stagnation broadly. So I'm, it's not it's not to say that I'm crying because we didn't get Brendia and he was the only answer. I, I, I'm more on board with a lot of the things that you're saying about potentially where we should be looking. But it's more about looking like we, after this awful year, have got a clear direction with how we know that we're going to evolve this team so we don't have another season like that. And if you think that that player is the person who's going to get you there, then there can't be any we didn't get him. Certainly not against, not unless it's big boys coming in with big money, United, you know, United, City, Chelsea, we got blown out, couldn't compete. If Aston Villa are coming in there, I don't want to see us losing those battles. And I think a lot of Arsenal fans don't want to see it. And unfortunately, and I know you're going to be like, well, we don't know what happened. But still, that is where the frustration comes from. And for me, I think whilst we don't know the ins and outs, it feels, you know, it feels fair at this stage to be a little bit concerned. Yeah, I think we're upset about Buendaya because he's the sort of player we want to be signing. And I think it's as simple as that. I think we're upset about Neves because Basuma is the type of player that we want to be signing and we fear that we'll get um, Neves and then we won't get Basuma. And it's I, don't, I hate to be the fucking perspective guy, but it's like we, the transfer window isn't open yet. We can't be this angry before that. We haven't actually, we don't know that we've lost out on on a player yet. But you, the the I think your sentiments are exactly right though. It's got, it's got to be a good summer. It cannot feel like another year where we start the season and we're like, uh, we just we didn't really upgrade anybody. We yeah. just we moved them. Um, we moved the chess pieces around, and we've it's got a familiar feel. It's got to feel like next season, teams are scared to to press us because there's so much pace and energy yeah. in the side. And the the most important thing that happens this summer for me is it's got to feel like a character shift. There's got to be uh, like there's got to be a different mood around um, the club, and that's why you know half, half of the goodness that's going to come from this summer is who we get rid of. William putting an Instagram stories post up saying that he's thinking about his future. Good, fuck off. Hector <laughs> Hector Bellerin out the door. Do not dare bring Aaron Ramsey back to the club, please. If Juventus want him, pay us the cash and move him on. Jacker out. Leno potentially out and not that I think Leno is part of the problem but he, did, he didn't have a good enough season last year he, he cratered his form cratered and uh, the reason that we could pick him up for a good deal when he came out of Germany is because he was making a lot of mistakes and lo and behold he's making a lot of mistakes we can get a better goalkeeper everything's got to feel like a, a big upgrade and you know I, I made I think the point about Neves is he doesn't he doesn't it doesn't feel like he moves the needle but also so, you know I just want to reference one more. I've, I've, I'm such an apologist these days. I, I, I hate myself for it. But um, there, there is um, there is real value uh, in a strategy of identifying good players in shit setups. And yeah. Wolves last season was a shit setup. Uh, they sold quite a lot of players for not lofty prices because I think they're trying to get cash in because Mendes wants to buy Bordeaux. 
And I think the players like one Aldum, who who was like he'll go to a he'll go to a club and win the win the Premier League and the Champions League. No one. He's now at Paris Saint Germain. Chupa Motting. It wasn't Stoke. Uh, goes to Paris Saint Germain. Ends up at, uh, at Bayern, and he's just got another deal. It's like there there are players that the that you think are bad because they're in bad systems. But you pull them out and you put them in a good team and then they blow up. And I'm not saying that's Neves. I'm not an expert on him. But I think a lot of clubs take that kind of approach where if it's data oriented, and this, this is the other theory, it's like, is this a Mendes deal? Or is this the the whiz, the the whiz analysts behind the scene have said, this is a guy that we should be signing. We think there's value there. And that's what we don't know. And that, but but Edu's career depends on it now. And I, I wonder whether you know knowing that you could be out of a job in the next year sharpens the mind a, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you know, just to return to the point now, because I, I agree with what you're saying. But you know, the fact is, is that some of when it comes back to Arteta's assessment of how he wants to and how he wants to play, some of the arguments made for Xhaka's continuation in the team was Arteta's come in and whether you like it or not Granite Xhaka is the second with party the second best midfielder that we have so there's no point in complaining about him because Arteta has to play him well at this stage Xhaka wants to go and you don't have to re-sign a player in the mould of Xhaka you should be able to see how many limitations that places on us as a team. And we've hardly been pulling up trees lately. Let's be let's be clear. So unless you, this is what I mean, unless Ruben Neves was going to dramatically, you know, improve the output of Xhaka uh, and therefore give us greater possibility, why are you keep, why are you continuing to chase this dream? You know, when, you know, w- what you were talking about, about some of the players that we could be getting, when you look at a, a Gigi Wijnaldum, a Chupo Moting, well, one of the one of the things that you look at those sides um, uh, and when they were sold is that those were relegated teams, good players in relegated teams. And for me, this is why I keep talking about Pereira when we talk about a wing. See, this this is why I'm not, you know, petrified over not getting a Buendia, if you like. And I do think he's a decent talent, but he's been playing in the Championship last year. Pereira at West Brom has looked very, very good. He's looked like easily their best player, always doing damage. Looks like he has de- a decent level of pace, not the fastest player in the league, but can absolutely you know run past a player. A good finisher. He looks brave. He looks like he's not going to need uh, an arm round him. Well, we know that because even in a struggling team, when they're getting rolled over every week, he's still turning up, banging goals in against big teams. He looked very good against us. Looked like he was, you know, comfortable on that big pitch, made smart runs. And this is the kind of player that I think is going to come in and help a Saka and a Smith Rowe in terms of um, when we talk about the timidity of Nicolas Pepe at times, having another guy who just doesn't need to, you know, have that much care and attention paid to him for him to be able to perform. He knows what he is. He's going to go out there and just get it done. So that's where I see value in the market rather than trying to buy a, a championship player for 40 million. But yeah. again, with Ruben Neves, it's more... And again, look, if you're... You are completely right. If Ruben Neves was one of six signings and we had pace and power being signed in midfield, I haven't got a problem with that. He's not a bad player. He's a good player. But it just feels like that if that's where your priority is... Coming off the back of the season that we've had, I worry for your 
ability to assess where the greatest need is at Arsenal. Um, and I think that in a year when there's the a delayed Euros and we've had the season that we've had, granted we haven't got to worry about Europa this year, I've, I just hoped that for anyone who was, you know, still believing that the current set, the current regime is going to, you know, bear fruits. We get our business done nice and early in an in a strong and assertive way. We allocate, we identify targets, go and get them in, and give our squad as much time to integrate because there's going to be a, a big upheaval, lots of ins and outs, as much time to integrate and gel with each other as possible, so we can absolutely hit the ground running. Um, you know, after the summer, because what we can't have is. The season starting, we're still being linked to players. We haven't nailed them yet. And, you know, like Arsenal have done so many times in the past because that leads to a dreadful start and manager sacked by Christmas. Yeah. Squad's got to feel different at the start. Yep. Manager's got to have six weeks with all of the players in place so there's no excuses at the start of the season. And I, I think you, you're dancing around it. We want relentless players, right? Yeah. Pepe's not a relentless player. Uh, Smith Rowe is. Uh, Saka is, you know, he's up there. But we need, a, we need a midfield engine that's driven by a lot more power and pace. Um, and I, I, that's, what, that's, what, that's where the jury's out because we don't know what the full collection of players um, looks like. But if we're going to go, if we're going to roll with Obama Yang next season, he needs energy around him. You need, you know, like, it, the, the beauty of Alexis Sanchez is he made an okay team, great, because he never stopped. Never yeah. stopped. And his energy, well, it basically kept uh, Meza Ozil in business, right? Yeah. When, yeah. When, and combined with uh, Aaron Ramsey, and then you, we lost two relentless players, and then everything yeah. everything basically went to shit after that. <laughs> so I, I, I hope that, um, I, you know, Ruben Neves feels like one of those purest players, you know, the, the, the coach's player. The, everybody outside the game is like, why does everybody love this player so much? I'd like, I'd like some fan players. I'd like some players that get you off the edge of your seat because they're exciting and they're willing to do unexpected things. But they should still have all the ingredients that Arteta needs. And, you know, Buendia felt like that sort of player. Basuma feels like that sort of player. And Ruben Neves doesn't feel like that player. And maybe that's why everybody's so upset. Yeah, yeah. You know, and... and- we don't need to get too bogged down in the, you know, particular names at this stage. Is in, you know, this is why I'm talking about a profile of player that we need to get because, you know, far be it from me to say, oh, we should absolutely get like even Basuma. It might not be Basuma. Basuma might not be the best bet that we have to plug in that player, but we need a player like that. There is, don't tell me that we, you know, our biggest need in midfield is a completely different, slower, technical, diminutive midfielder. No, that is just categorically wrong at this stage, and I and I refute those claims wholeheartedly. But if you're telling me that there is a player who does what Basuma does but better, you know, because our scouts have seen him, absolutely. But that's the profile of player we need to be signing because we are too far down a road going the other way. To know that, like, we can't just keep doing the same things, ladies and gentlemen. Lucas Torreira's on his way back. You know, we've we've got guys who are small uh, and pretty decent on the ball. You know, he was meant to be uh, a Rottweiler, a pit bull as well, and he doesn't look like it. You know, the the thing is, is we have not given a proper go to having 
strong, powerful players packed throughout our team um, since since into the Wenger days, if we're honest about things. We've had pockets of it. And that's why, for me, we've always felt like we're a couple of players away from going over the edge, a couple of players all the time. It's because we've always, we never quite hit that, um, that, that threshold of having enough power and energy to just truck your way to win sometimes in a way that a Chelsea do, you know. And I, it's not just about the... Leicester have done it more recently with a, a smaller budget, you know. All, if you look at the Leicester team, when they're signing players, very smart, shrewd signings like Yuri Tillemans, when he came in, he looked like, you know, they had him on loan. We could have gone after him as well, but alas, that's done. But when you look at some of the players coming through now, Harvey Barnes, this is not some little small little kid who's getting knocked around. They're all big athletes. So when you look to your main player, or certainly previous main player, Jamie Vardy, they're all in that mould of hungry, fast, strong, like won't stop running. And and that, I think, is the way that we need to look at the kind of philosophy when it comes to the players that we want to sign. And uh, we identify those kinds of players and think that that is the way that we change a culture of a team where, you know, and I don't want to just romanticise, you know, yesteryear and and look at it like that when it's not realistic. But I think back to the glory days, the Vieras, the Gilbertos, and, and I think it was Gary Neville who was talking about, you know, being in the tunnel against Arsenal and looking over at some of these monsters, Sol Campbells and stuff, and feeling like, well, you know, we're going to get beat here <laughs> because they're monsters. That hasn't, we haven't had that imposing aura about us in terms of our physicality for as long as I can remember. And I think we've got every reason to give that a go now. And that's, with every player that we sign, that should be the bottom line. Are you fit, strong and fast? That's got to be the bottom line benchmark and young, hopefully. Um, And therefore, that would change the culture in of itself. Although you have to say, though, there's been a little bit of that. Thomas Partey fits the profile. Yeah. Uh, Gabriel uh, centre back fits yep. the profile. Gabriel up front. It's just the. Uh, uh, maybe not Pablo Marie. He's not very fast, is he? Kieran Tierney. Kieran Good. Tierney. Yeah. Like if you, you've got to buy a right back that reflects what Kieran Tierney is to the left, that's, yep. the, that's a non negotiable. The biggest, yeah, the biggest miss over the years, Mo Nenny. He's got the energy, he's got the power, hasn't got the passing. Danny Ceballos, probably got the technical skills, hasn't got the pace. Granite Jacker hasn't got the pace. The pace yeah. has always been a problem. And when we took it out of the midfield with Aaron Ramsey, we never replaced it. And that's what we've got to do this summer. So, um, yeah, I think it'll be exciting to see what happens in the next week because the window opens in two days. And hopefully, when we talk on this next Monday, there's actually something that shows us where their minds are at. Like Arteta said at the end of the season, he goes, we know exactly what we've got to do. We know exactly what we missed this summer. Hopefully it's not shit, because if it is, then, you know, we're in a we're in a world of trouble because I don't think there'll be uh, Stan Kroenke handout money next season. No, no. But, you know, we've also, again, I reiterate the fact that not that not that anyone's a big fan of the Cronkies, but we're hearing from all these secret sources that they want to really invest heavily in the team and sweeten the deal with the Arsenal fans after the betrayal of the Euro- Euro- European Super League. But ultimately, uh, it hasn't exactly felt like that. That's the kind of markets we're shopping around in. Um, 
uh, and of course the the market the uh, window's not even open yet but I, I don't I don't get the vibe that we're going to be lashing loads and loads of money out there. I just think that um, we do need to be shrewd with our business, but that's why, again, the types of players that we go after, and this is why, even though I wouldn't necessarily have picked Brendia, exactly what you were saying earlier, Pete, he still fits enough of the profile of the player that we do want, energy, you know, good technical, he's, he's fast, and has prem experience that I would, I, if you fit that mode, I, I don't have a problem with it. But what I don't want is to sign like for likes with a team that has already shown it's got, you know, imperfections all throughout it. And not, you know, every every team's got imperfections, but we've got glaring ones that have been there for six, seven years. So I definitely want to feel like there's a revolution. Um, when it comes to our uh, squad recruitment this year, uh, with new, fresh ideas, and therefore the hope that we set about this new season with a different mentality, and therefore we might actually see some different outcomes. Agree with that. Bring on the revolution. <laughs> the, the, the incremental is dead. Wait, Johnny, that, that was a, that was a fun hour. Um, I, I like having a, a, a. It's cathartic to talk transfers. Um, in such a passionate manner, um, do you want to tell people about your your other passion, your 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 other podcast? Uh, yeah, yeah. As always, guys, you should know by now. But if you haven't checked out the How's Your Father podcast by now, it's about all things fatherhood and yeah, the wonderful world of parenting. But you don't even have to be a parent to listen. It, a lot of it's just quite funny. Um, so check that out wherever you get your podcast. I'm also on YouTube when I do the videos, which is the U2B channel. And I mean, we've even talked about getting some more video content up, Pete, right? I think we're going to shoot to do a video that we're going to put on YouTube next week to see how it goes. Yeah. Might do a Twitch at some point. I tell you what I'm not doing, though. I'm not doing a clubhouse. That one died to death, didn't it? Don't even know what that is, to be fair. But Don't, uh... don't worry about it. Don't worry about <laughs> it. All right. Um, you know what to do if you're listening. Get on to iTunes, leave a nice comment and a five-star rating and share with your friends. Um, Johnny and I will be back uh, next Monday with another transfer roundup. Hopefully we've got some players to talk about. So uh, thank you, Johnny, and uh, ciao for now. If you love to be remembered as the person who gives the best birthday gifts, I'm here to tell you that 1-800-Flowers.com is your ultimate birthday gifting destination. 1-800-Flowers has thoughtful and artfully created options that are guaranteed to deliver the best birthday surprise. Shop thousands of unique gifts at 1-800-Flowers.com for exclusive offers and great values. To order today, visit 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. Hey there, listener. Do you have something to say? Then you're already a podcaster. You just don't know it yet. Whether you love to shoot the breeze with friends, have an urge to share your passions with the world, or even want to grow your business, you've got something worth saying with a podcast. With Acast, it couldn't be easier to start your own show. Launch, grow, and make money from your podcast across all listening platforms. If you have something to say, you're a podcaster. Head over to Acast.com to get started for free. Sports Social Podcast Network.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.